Grace, Lord, is that place we find mercy, just that you favored us. We who were lost, we who were hopeless, we who couldn't find our way back, that we all like sheep have gone astray. But then you turned and laid the iniquity of us all upon you, so that by your stripes we could be healed delivered, saved. Lord, we thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy that endures right here to the end of 2020. Your grace and mercy has brought us to this place. Your hand is upon us. Your love is upon us. Your care is upon us. You who said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. What a promise that is today. And we're just looking today that you would just anoint us one more time for another service. As we give ourselves to you, Lord. As you've laid little fragments of thoughts upon our hearts. And we just ask, Lord, you'll speak to us now. You'll reveal yourself to us through the word, Lord. Bless us together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more Sunday. Amen. As we marked them all off during the year, and now we've come to the last Sunday of the year. Soon the last service of the year. That'll be Thursday night. I hope that you can come to that. And um, we just believe the Lord will speak to us. Through the word, it'll be regular time, 7 o'clock, so, you know, you should be able to make it if you hadn't already made plans for other things, amen, but um, we're kind of spontaneous around here, so we just kind of announce it as we go, amen. I want to wish you all God's blessings, hope you had a wonderful Christmas time with your family, and um, that you have been so blessed, and uh, looking forward to spending time together with you in the year to come. Amen. 2020 has been a year of miracles. We've just seen the Holy Spirit just do many, many, many wonderful things and save and deliver and set free and heal. Amen. He's been with us every service. We've had some just tremendous times in His presence. Amen. And we're looking for great times ahead. Amen. God bless you. John chapter 14 and verse 12. I want to visit these scriptures again this morning as we conclude our, our year to this year. We've spoken on a lot of different things that I think has been really important, pertinent to us in this day and hour. John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then Mark eleven 21, we'll read from there. As you remember, Jesus 
had passed by a fig tree and finding no fruit on it, he cursed it. And uh, Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. As we looked over the Christmas season and time and many, many scriptures and thoughts has come to me, and I thought as, the, as um, we observe this time and, and remembrance, not that the Lord was born on um, this time of the year, but that he, that it's just the time that the world is set aside to remember and to observe the birth of the Lord. And of course, it's coupled together with pagan holidays and other things as well um, as they have done. But still, you know, to, for us, it's all about Christ. Amen. That God did send a gift into the world. And I think about the words that were spoken, where is he king of the Jews? And these were spoken by the wise men as they were seeking him. And it just resounds to me today of where is he king? You know, where is he really, truly the king? In whose hearts? In whose lives? I, I spoke last Sunday on the call for sincerity and I think it is really time that we make him truly the king, that he is truly the king of our lives, and that we are part of his domain. And, you know, and then we were looking here in the scripture, and I, I could not help but remember and think of the qualifications that Jesus gives as he, as he gives these words. These are powerful words that are laid out in the scripture, where that, um, you know, that he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then he, then he says, have faith in God. And, I, you know, sometimes we, we wonder, do I have faith? Can I have faith? Uh, you know, do I have faith for, for healing or for this miracle or for this need? But this is not what he asked you to do. He said, have faith in God. Is God able to do it? Is he able to bring healing or deliverance or this, um, move this mountain that is needed to be moved? Have faith in God. And this is where the requirement lays that your faith is laid not in your ability or even your faith or how strong your faith is or how great a faith you got or how weak it is. But it, you, your faith lays in God and his word that can never fail. And then these two things that he said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. And there, there is a truth that lays there because it is only when we come in his name, representing him, representing his desires and what he wants done with the word. 
And then, then the other is, shall not doubt in their heart. And again, this is what we're going to speak on this morning of, of believing from the heart. Because this is a, the real prerequisite of mountains moving. And as we said, your mountain may not be a literal mountain. But Jesus now, when he was looking, it was a literal mountain. He said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed. But again, we don't have a need for that mountain to be moved. But you've got things in your life. You've got situations in your heart that you need moved. And they're mountains to you. They're impossible situations that you know you're incapable of getting around, getting over, going through. But God is able to move that mountain. But it comes from the point of when we don't doubt in our heart. So there must be a belief from the heart. So these are the things that we're going to be uh, discovering today as we look at it. And I just want to remind you again of what Brother Branham would tell us in the sermon in Albuquerque, God and hiding his self in simplicity. And, uh, and he would talk about a born-again son or daughter of God. And he said, the blood of Jesus so thoroughly cleanses, there's no more nothing. That the complete word of God rests in them. That the very command of their own voice is creative power. Because in them is the Holy Ghost. Now without the Holy Ghost, there's no creative power. Amen. But with the Holy Ghost, there is creative power. And this Holy Ghost is a creator and he makes things come to pass because he speaks the word and the word spoken becomes God in action. How many wants to see God in action? Amen. That ought to be the desire of our heart. Now, as I said, this don't happen at the whim of our human spirit. Remember, this is the Holy Spirit using your vocal cords, speaking through you, saying the right things. Amen. And it, don't, it does not happen at the whim of your own human spirit where you have these desires or you want this done. And, 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 but it's where a man is so in tune with God that he knows what God wants done with his word. Amen. But, but then God could use their voice. Uh, to move mountain, and this is the goal, is to become so yielded to God. That's why I spoke this sermon on sincerity. It's because the whole key to the whole thing is to come to it with sincerity. To be yielded to God, to know what he wants done. Amen. To be moved by the Spirit, not even your own human compassion. We look a lot of times with human compassion and we would fix this problem or we would solve this situation or, or even, you know, if we had that power to do, we would heal this person or whatever. But to find the, the true will of God, what God wants done with his word. So now there are two thoughts that balances the other. And one seems to be of a more of a spontaneous action. Brother Branham would preach about this, and we'll refer to some of it perhaps today of why cry, speak. Your commission, just why are you crying to me? Speak. You know, put, you know, act on the word. 
put it into, into place and into play and make it, make it happen. So one seems to be spontaneous and the other that he preached was called Paul a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And he would, he would preach these sermons back to back where he would preach on that spontaneous, instantaneous commission, son of God, acting there with a divine authority. And yet, then he would balance it out with Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Amen, that he was such a prisoner until, um, you know, he, he could not move until God said move. That he was so yielded, so yoked to Christ until he could only obey what Christ said to do. So when, when he was moved on by the Holy Spirit, and, and this is what I, I'd like to see our church as a people learn to, to yield herself to be moved on by the Holy Spirit. A people yielded and sensitive to the working of the Holy Ghost. And to do that, it will require more sincerity. Amen. Even, even the, the whole coming to Christ and repenting of your sins, it, it takes a dead earnestness. It takes a real sincerity. No holding back. You know, years ago, I remember a girl that was kind of going like one of my brothers. And, you know, so she was going to straighten up a little bit uh, so that she could uh, go with, uh, with him to win his favor and whatever. So she took all her makeup and all her cosmetics and everything and put them in a, a nice um, plastic bag and sealed them up and went and buried them. Well, I mean, you know, they were right handy when she wanted to go get them again when it didn't work out. You see, you cannot come to Christ holding anything back. There has to be a complete, total surrender where that you become a prisoner to Jesus Christ, that you yield yourself completely, sold out. Amen. Holding nothing back. And this is the problem. Many times, you know, many times people will come to repent around the altar and they do it and, and they end their mind, but I'm going to have to give up this and I'm going to have to give up that and I'll have to I'll lose this friend or I won't be able to do this anymore, whatever else. And all of those things are, you know, they're holding on to this all the time, trying to say, I, I want to give you my life, God, and they will never give it because they got a hold of something else that they esteem greater than Christ. And the gospel will only do you any good when you make a full surrenderance. You see, all, all your tears, your weeping, your crying, your, your, your mourning, all you can be mourning over what you got to give up or, you know, what kind of life that you really enjoy living. And I know I can't do that and be Christ too and, and all of that. But you've got to come to that point in your life where you make that full surrenderance. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. It is only then where that you really can believe from the heart. And this is a problem that we face so many times. Why? That so many go down a dry center and come up a wet one when they're baptized. Because the word of God is if we will repent. If we'll turn from our sins 
and we will be baptized in his name, he would give us the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you make God a liar if he doesn't do that. Amen? Because, but but the, when, every time you can go right back to the repentance, to the surrenderance. So it takes a full surrenderance. But not only that, but it's not just at your conversion that you make that surrenderance, but your whole life you become a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Amen. That you're not your own. It's not your own thoughts. It's not your own way that you're trying to convey. Amen. But it's, it is that you want God's will to be done. The mountain's got to be moved, but does God want that mountain moved? And when you get in sync with God's word and what God's thoughts are about it, then, and you can believe from the heart, then things are going to happen. But until then, you're just wasting your breath. Amen. Now, of course, you know, the thing about it is, is that um, many of us get the wrong idea of what we're, what we're really supposed to be. And what a Christian's going to be here in the end time, or even, even what a prophet is to be. You know, Brother Branham talked about this in the message, Inspiration. In fact, there's quite a few that I, 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 I they're, they're so redundant that I find so many of them that I can't read them all. But just a few choice ones this morning where he says, God doesn't always tell his prophets everything that's going to happen. He just tells them what he wants to. God is sovereign. So you see, prophets are men. They are not God. They have passions like we have. This is why the Bible would say about Elijah. He said, Elijah, a man of like passion is us. He said he prayed earnestly that it not rain. You see, it required an earnest prayer to get the word to come to pass to where Elijah could believe from the heart. Amen. And so yet he knew what God's word was. He knew that there was a drought that was brought. He knew there would have to come an end to it. And here he brings them right down to the challenge. But he prayed earnestly. So, you know, many times, you know, today it's that frivolous, um, you know, I, I, I'm going to speak this, or I'm quoting this scripture, or I, I'm, I'm doing a name it, claim it type thing, rather than coming in with sincerity and honesty and earnesty. Now, again, in pres ever-present water from the rock, Brother Brandon said, I prayed for you all, and I need you all to pray for me. What? A prophet needing us to pray for him? He said, so the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit will just lead me exactly where I should go. He said, I prayed for you, but I need you to pray for me so that I'll make no mistake. Amen. Because all of us as humans, we're still subject to making mistakes. Amen. He said many times you used to see people think that a prophetic gift that God just says, I'll pick you up right here and set you down here. And you, and you just go over here. And he, does, he doesn't tell you all those things. If he did, then what kind of overcoming faith would did you have, see? He lets you stand alone more than anybody else. 
And he said, you can all come to me and ask for certain things, and he's never failed yet. He's given you the answer. That's right. Yeah. But I ask him for things for myself, and many times he just lets me alone. So he just lets me go ahead and walk into it. And I have things now that I have to solve out myself and decisions I have to make. And this is such a vital one till I cannot exactly make it until I'm sure that it's him speaking to me. And he won't give me a vision. And he just lets me alone. So I'm just sitting as an orphan like this morning. I don't know which way to turn. So I've committed it to the Lord. Now you can see here is a prophet, of even a seventh church age messenger that is in such a place that he, he is required to seek the Lord. And man, it's not just handed to him on a platter. It just doesn't fall out of the skies. It's something that he has to dedicate himself and earnestly contend for. And this is what the scripture is saying, earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's something you got to put everything you have into it. It's not something that's just going to come easy. Because you're here in Laodicea, you are fraught with every kind of situation. Amen. There's every kind of thing going on around you, every kind of distraction, all kinds of voices that will crowd out the voice of God. Are you with me? And you're going to have to press into it with all your heart. Amen. Remember, it's the day you seek me with all your heart. That's the day you find me. No half-hearted way is going to work. No half-sincerity is going to work. It's going to take putting everything you got into it. You say, Brother Tim, uh, is, is that so? Let me just tell you. You know, Daniel, Daniel was looking into the Scripture, and he could read by the books. He could read by the books of where they were, that the time for being in Babylon was over. Amen. That the 70 years had expired, that God had told Jeremiah they would spend down in the land of Babylon. The word was there to be fulfilled. But somebody had to start praying for its fulfillment. And God begins to move on the heart of Daniel. And he said, I've read in the books. Amen. And we ought to be able to read in the books that we're here at the end of the Laodicean age. That the last messenger has come. That we're here in the last days. Amen. That evil men and seducers wax worse and worse. And that because iniquity abounds, the love of many wax cold. And, and we see the, the situations that we're living in, in this kind of time. And Daniel began to set his face toward God to pray. But it took three weeks. 21 days before the angel come. And he said, I was held back by the prince of Babylon, prince of Persia. Right? I was held back from coming. You know, no doubt, you know, here Daniel's the third ruler in the kingdom. 
No doubt in the middle of his prayers, you know, he's, he's pulled this way and somebody wants an answer here and, and, you know, there's got, this has to be done and, you know, he's distracted here and, and, and here he's, he's pulling there, but there's another war going on and that's with the Prince of Persia who's keeping life so busy. And I want you to know the prince that rules Laodicea, the evil one, is doing everything that he can to keep you so harried and pulled down and worried and your mind on everything else and constantly fraught with every kind of trouble till you can't find the will of God for your life. But Daniel kept pressing. He said, now I heard you from the first day you prayed. But because of this, because of these obstacles that was, that came and the, and the prince of Persia put in my way, it hindered me from getting to you. Many of you are seeking an answer and perhaps you're desiring something, but are you perseverant? Maybe you give up just before the angel gets to you. I, you know, I, that brings to my remembrance a man in the audience there. He was a crippled. And Brother Branham sees him, gets up, and he walks out of the meeting. And he, as he walks out the meeting, Brother Branham said, that man sitting there, a crippled man. He said, I watched a dark spirit come in and get him and take him out. He said, he will never be healed. Now you think you're that close to your deliverance. Right that close that you're there in the very presence of God. And you allow an evil spirit to come in and distract you, pull you away. Put some darkness upon you. Now, it's really important. That we, even for every service, that we put everything we got into it. Amen. That we, we come here with sincerity and with dedication and consecration. Because, you know, just, just one thing, one thing could cause somebody from, to not get their deliverance. Just one wrong attitude. So it's really important that we come with the right attitude. Amen. And in the spirit and under the anointing. Now, Brother Bradham said, you'll never be able to see men going around the world just healing people at random and everything. I tried to knock that down as hard as I could in my life. That's the reason you're watching the campaigns. I watch solemnly first to see the vision, what God will say. And then you, for you might stomp and kick and anoint and everything else. And if the devil has a right in there, anything in your heart unconfessed or any unbelief or doubting anything in there anything that you refuse to do or not the devil will lay right there because he has a right to he said that's right Jesus never healed at random he said I do nothing except the father shows me first and, and you'll never be on the plane with Jesus, as he says. Now, so if you just, if you look at this just for a moment, I want you to get this, that this is important to understand. We'll never do, we'll never heal at random. We'll never just go out and, 
and do things on our, on our own, with our own ambition. It'll only be as the impulse or the leadership of the Holy Ghost. And realizing that even, even there, we, we have a commission now. We can do the commission. The commission is lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The commission is in my name cast out devils. Amen. Those are the commissions. And we have the right as a commission. But Satan also knows his rights. And as long as there's unconfessed sin, some doubt in the heart, some unbelief that will not be let go of. Remember, remember many times people worship a spirit. Do you know there's some people just love to be sick? They do. They love the attention that it brings. And I have this and I have that. And, you know, and they glorify all of this. They, they enjoy it. They enjoy the attention that it brings. It's the truth. Do you realize, do you realize, Brother Brandon, when he dealt with that maniac and, they, and he fell at his feet there in Portland, Oregon? You remember there as he lay at his feet uh, and, and the policeman ran up and asked, is he delivered? And he said, no. Well, he had fallen out. He was rendered powerless, but he wasn't delivered. He said, no, he's not delivered. said, he worships that spirit. And only until he quit worshiping that spirit. You see, that's the thing. You've got to hate sin. And mind you, you can't just, uh, you know, play with it and say, you know, uh, and, and it's your little toy that you play with. You've got to hate it. You've got to come to the point, I don't want nothing to do with it. Amen, I'm sick of it, I'm tired of it, I'm weary of it, and it'll not rule my life again. I'm going to be free from this. I'll not serve it another day. Because until you get dead earnest, there'll never be deliverance for you. Amen. Now this is really, really important. Because people's deliverance can be so far away from them because of their lack of sincerity. They won't believe from the heart. Oh, in their mind, oh, yeah, I, 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 I know it's hurting my kids. I know it's hurting my family. I know it's, uh, it's living me a miserable life. But until you hate it, until you come to the point, I don't want no more to do with this. This will no longer be my king. Here comes the question back. Where is he king? I'm looking at men and women today that he's your king. Amen. He is your king. He has, he has dominion over your life. You are his servants. You belong to him. Amen. You're even a prisoner of love to him. You're bound with him by love change. You wouldn't hurt him for nothing. You don't want to do wrong anymore. The desires have been changed. Amen. Why? Because you come to that point, you believe from the heart. Now, again, in, as, you know, let, me, let me just talk about expectations. Yes, we, we are a people of tremendous expectations. We're not looking to see the bride become weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker as we go along. 
and leave out of here a powerless group of people. No. We're looking at a people who will be triumphant, overcomers, a people who know their God and does exploits, a people where the Spirit of God moves and there is deliverance and salvation and healing. Amen. That's exactly what our expectations are. Amen. A people who, instead of getting less, having less faith, the people of great faith, great grace, a rapture in grace, and a rapture in faith. That's our expectations. And even Brother Branham was talking to a man, you know, as he, and this is a part of this quote that I've just read from Inspiration, where Jesus never healed at random. And he said, a man come to me, a minister, um, who does, from a denomination who doesn't believe in miracles. And I'm just paraphrasing all of this. He didn't even believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, listen, preacher, if you're an apostle of your prophet, he said, hey, I'm neither one. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. If you're a healer, he said, I'm not the healer. I never did say that. The Lord is a healer. And he says, but if you were apostles like they were, only, he said, just saved by his grace. Well, then he said, um, then if you're like one of the apostles that had the Holy Ghost, you claim to have the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do. He said, okay. He said, now you're talking that I have the Holy Ghost just like they had. And he said, well, why don't you go to the hospital and every one of the sick people, every one of them just say, I will obey you and get up and walk out. So you just say to them, get up and walk out and they will obey you. And he says, okay, but do you believe Jesus still saves? And he said, well, yeah, I do. He said, well, go to the honky-tonks, to the bar rooms, to the racetracks, and say, every one of you are now Christians. You know, come out and get away from the world. He said, I could do that if they would believe. And he said, so could I. Because it's on the atonement. Amen. But Jesus never brought deliverance when he didn't find faith. And this is what he's looking for. Somebody to believe. Amen. If he can get you to believe from your heart. The mountain's got to move. Now watch this. He said, um, he, he went on to say, um, about, about that, and he said, um, he said, well, you know, he said, well, why, why can't we do it? He said, you know, Paul, he left a friend sick. He left Timothy with his stomach trouble. They were doing the best they could do with what they had to, to do with. Jesus had the Spirit without measure, and we got it by measure. So he said, how could you condemn a man? And said, uh, you know, I talk about some failures, so why don't we talk about success? If you're a Christian, of course, he said his heart was far away from God by theological experience that he had. And, and so all his faith was mental faith. And so he, he said, um, well, he said, I heard you say in one of your sermons, Jesus said, the things I do say you do also. He said, you know, let's see you break bread then and feed 5,000. Let me see you turn water into wine. And Brother Bradham said, and I want you to watch these words. We are in our infancy. We are moving up. And just as quick as we can get you bunch of fanatics out of the way, we'll be doing that. He said, now healing's not questioned anymore. Even the doctors recognize it. But he said, if we can get you bunch of unbelievers out of the way long enough to get God moving through the crowd, you'll see things happen. 
take place. We are just moving up. Look at the miracles that Jesus started the same way. And then he moved right on finally to the resurrection of the dead. Listen, we're looking for a crescendo of this thing. The dead in Christ arise. Not just from our ages, but for seven ages. Amen. This is exactly right. You know, Jesus, Jesus there would experience healings, deliverance, and then he you know, would have resurrections with his son at name, Jairus' daughter, and then an then incredible miracle of Lazarus, who was dead for days. Amen. It caused such a stir, they even want to kill Lazarus. Amen. Jealousy overtook them. The word they, they wanted to kill Lazarus because his testimony was, was winning so many of a man four days dead, alive again. But that was nothing in comparison to the resurrected of all the sainted dead at his resurrection. Amen. Or when he rose from the dead on the third day. Come on. That's exactly right. So you see, there, there again, we're looking for greater climaxes all the time and expecting greater things. But to do it, remember, it's going to take up more sincerity than ever before and people believing from their heart. See, Jesus said, just say to this mountain, you've heard about what's been taking place. That's a ministry we're entering into. And truly, you know, Brother Branham said, you know, you know, this man was saying, you know, take some bread and break it and feed 5,000. You do the works Jesus did. And Jesus said, greater than these shall you do. And what happened? Squirrels were created out of nothing. Is that right? Amen. It was showing now what could be done to, through a man yielded to God. Not that everybody's going to go out and create squirrels. But that there is what a man surrendered to the will of God. Everybody don't need to move that mountain over in Jerusalem. Amen. Everybody doesn't need to create a squirrel. But there are things that needs to be done. Power of creation that needs to work in your home life. In your own life. Is that right? Amen. And it must be done. Listen. Uh, again, I, I believe that God has, has um, given us a great time, you know, where we've had a great time of, of, of learning to lean on him, making surrender to him, God purging a lot of the faults out. All of, the, all of the super spiritual, I spoke in tongues, I shouted, I danced, and God's allowed a lot of these things of superficial prophecies. And, you know, yea, saith the Lord, I bless you. And all of these things just kind of fade out of the way. Where that until people become so full of the word, knowing their God, so they could do exploits and be a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Amen. So God has allowed us time to sit back and grow. And we've learned the great deep mysteries of the word. Amen. We, we have been given the revelation of, of things that are happening in our day. We've trailed the, the serpent all the way from the beginning, all the way down to the end. 
we, we see the, the great um, moving of the Holy Spirit as, as the seven seals were open and the mysterious thunders were revealed to a messenger of God. All of these things that God has done to place us in the Word, we, we can be sane, solid Christians. Amen. But now, you know, I think we have learned to be like Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. But now it is time to move into the authority and the power that God gave us as believers. To know how to yield to the Spirit. To be led by the Holy Ghost. You know, in Blind Bartimaeus, Brother Branham would reemphasize some of these things. He said, no man at any time in the Bible or ever will in any age to come while we're mortal. Of course, when we leave this, we won't need it. But no man at any time from Adam to the present day or will be until Jesus comes again will ever be able to perform miracles at his own disposal. He never did, even the Son of God or no prophet. It was always by divine vision that God showed him what to do. The Bible said so. So if Jesus could do nothing himself but had to wait to see what the Father would show him to do. So, you know, we get the wrong picture of Jesus. Even Jesus. We get the wrong picture of him. Say, well, Brother Tim, he was God in the flesh. And yes, he was. And he was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, not a portion. Is that right? But let me just read these little snippets. Jesus didn't just go around at random and do this and that and do this. You got the wrong conception of him. It wasn't given to him just to take the blessings of God and throw them out any way he wished to. There's never been a man, even to the Son of Man, the Son of God, who could ever say within himself he did anything outside of God. Amen. John 5 and verse 17, you see, Jesus answered him, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. You see, Jesus worked as the Father worked. He explains this, you know, again in John 5, 19. He said, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth, the Father do. For whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. So even Jesus said, you know, it's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. That's John 14, 10. Believe it's not that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, that the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Again, no prophet, no seer ever done anything at random. God shows first. So no human flesh, not even the flesh of Jesus himself can glorify. It's all in God. God does the showing, the seeing. We just act it out as he shows us and tells us. Each one of us does that. Again, in, uh, when their eyes is open, you Bible scholars, you who have been looking for a superman to come that does things just at random. He will go out and whatever he wants to do, he does it. That never was in the Bible. And it will never be done by mortal beings in the will of God. 
If Jesus Christ, no man ever lived a life above his, no prophet any time ever do anything without first God telling him to do it. First search the scriptures and see if that's all right. It's always, it's not the will of man. It's the will of God being shown to man. And you Pentecostal brothers, he said in the message, look, let me drop this to you. You're looking for a time to come when there's going to be men rise up on the earth Go out in the hospitals and deliver them and say the whole hospital move out. Don't you never be deceived like that. You believe me. You believe that's a lie. It never was done. Amen. Now, Jesus made it clear that without him, we can do nothing. That's John 15, 5. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He that abideth in me, I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So now we understand real clearly that anything that we're going to do has got to be dependent on him. Therefore, there must be a sincere, continual contact. With the working of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Now, notice what he says. You know, we, we don't look for a superman. But I, I want to tell you, we do look for a super church. One led by the Holy Ghost. Having thus saith the Lord, or keep still. Amen. You're waiting to see, what does God want done with this? You're moved by the Holy Ghost. And it takes that someone that is relying upon God. Not just a haphazard affair, but a life that is living in contact with the Holy Spirit. This is what I'm talking about when I'm saying there's a call for a greater sincerity. A greater dedication. Where that men and women are in contact with the Almighty. Where they can be moved on by the Holy Ghost. Now, the third pull, it will not be people just speaking out of whim. You know, none of the times that that happened with Brother Branham, when you, when you talk about the squirrels, the storm, the Hattie Wright, when you talk about the tumor of his wife, um, you know, uh, the resurrection of the little fish, the five times that it was manifest, none of those times did he say, I think I'll walk out here and create a squirrel today. I, I think I'm, you know, I, I, I want to hunt here a little longer. I'll speak to the storm. Um, you know, I want to see these kids saved here, so I'll just, you know, just pronounce something over them. None of it. Every time it was God saying. It was God putting words in his mouth, but now. It took his faith to put into action. He said, you know, it was my faith that created those squirrels. But he said it was, it was my faith in what he challenged me to ask. Oh, that there be a people today so in tune with him. Amen. That they know what he wants done with his word. That they're moving in the spirit. They're directed by the Holy Ghost. I had a great friend, um, you know, that I knew for many, many years. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. His name was Winston Eason. 
And when he was 19 years old, he dove into a bar pit over here in Louisiana, near, near Louisiana Tech, hit something on the bottom, snapped his neck. He was a, quadri a quadriplegic the rest of his life. <laughs> Had a great testimony of how God brought him to, to Christ. He was an agnostic or, or, or an atheist. You know, he was one of these... He was one of these smart young men. He was raised by Church of Christ grandma. His mom and dad had split up, and, and he, he was so bitter on the inside, he come to the point, he said, I don't even believe in God. Got in around with a bunch of college kids, you know, and they were the, the, the smart ones and listening to all the professors and whatever, talked them out of being, they're even being a God. I don't even believe in a God. I, I never seen God. Religion is just a hoax. He, he would see the Church of Christ preachers and the way that they would act and do and things and living immorally and sin. He lost faith altogether. One day, a, a man witnessed to him and, and tried to get him to come to a meeting, another young teenager, and he said, uh, no, he said, I don't even believe in God. He said, aren't you afraid to say that? He said, no, I'm not afraid to say that at all. And there that, there that night when he laid down on, the, on to go to sleep, there something just began to prick his conscience. And he said, oh, if there is a God, somehow show me yourself. And he went on to sleep. And a couple of days later, he's a quadriplegic. And there's a whole story of where God moved on that man visited him in, in dreams with angels, showed him how to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It was the first time that I ever, ever um, heard the man's name. A phone call had come into our home when we was living in Bossier. This was about 1962. And, and there, you know, this young man was seeking to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for people to baptize me in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I had an angelic visitation that as I was baptizing somebody, you know, and, and there I was baptized in the name of Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, and an angel stood there in a white robe and said, no, you're doing it wrong. Baptize him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, he obeyed the angel, and when he did, the glory of God filled the place. Anyway, God would lead this young man, and, and for whatever reason, and I don't know, I don't know the reason. Sometimes, you know, you want to help suffering humanity. Sometimes you want to, you see something and you want to put your hands on it. You'd like to help in that situation. You'd like to see that person well and healed and walking. But maybe it might be the very thing that is needed to be the chain upon his life. To keep him walking and humble with God. Amen. I've seen Sister Rachel nod her head. There, there was her grandfather there, um, Brother Carl Williams, full gospel businessman. He was there crippled up with arthritis. His hands all crippled up and his legs is crippled. And he was went to prayer line and and, you know, barely able to walk and was freed there, there to walk with great strides. But his hands were still crippled. He went to Brother Branham and said to Brother Branham, said, Brother Branham, but my hands, my hands, 
You know, God did a great miracle here, but my hands. He said, Carl, if God healed your hands, said you'd be out there with the, oil, with the water wells and working out there instead of doing what he wants you to do. Sometimes you don't know why that we sometimes go through what we got. We, we'll understand it all better by and by. But anyway, Winston, you know, he wanted very much to be healed. He would dream of being healed. He'd be dream. He would dream of walking down the road and he's healed. In fact, the matter is, well, you know, he was pondering about, um, about uh, Brother Branham being Elijah the prophet and was wondering, was he truly that Elijah? People were talking about he's that Elijah. And he saw himself walking right down on Highway 7. Now, you don't know where Highway 7 is anymore. But 371 took its place as, a, as took Louisiana Highway 7 down and, and took its place and widened the road out and straightened it out and made it a hurricane corridor, made it a United States Highway. And somewhere right about here where the church is built, he was walking in his dream. And an angel come down and started walking with him and looked over at him and gave him a message and said, yes, William Branham is that messenger of Malachi 4. Just think about that. And we built a church right here on that Highway 7, right here where the angel visited. Now, speaking of that, you know, he was there in Tampa, Florida, following Brother Branham around from meeting to meeting and Desiring to be healed. And, and he got to go to the full gospel businessmen's meeting and was sat at the breakfast and got to sit across from Brother Branham there at, at the table. And they wheeled him up there across from Brother Branham. And Brother Branham and him talked there for a little bit. And, and he began to speak to him, and Brother Branham took him by his left hand just to see if there was a, a germ disease or something that was there as he was talking to him. And, and, and held his hand as he looked at him, and he said, Brother Branham, I've heard about the squirrels. You'll find this on, on the message of paradox. It's not exactly the way I'm going to tell it this morning because I'm telling Winston's side of it. And, and, and he said, I've heard about the squirrels and Hattie Wright and the third pool. And I believe those things. And he says, Brother Branham, if you'll just tell me that I can walk out of here, that's all I want you to do. Just speak the word. And I'll get up here and walk out. And, and he said, Brother Branham said, I thought, how lovely. You, you see, he said, I think that's where brethren gets off track. God will let them do something with a little faith, and then they feel like everything they bounce into, they just say it, and that's all. But you see, how can I say, thus saith the Lord, unless he tells me first? I've got to have it first. If it didn't, I'd say, thus saith William Branham, but that wouldn't do any good. You see, he's got to tell me first. said, a man drove up in an ambulance with some babies, and I was real busy, and he said, um, you know, the, the ambulance driver said, just tell me that the babies will be all right. And, and, I, and I thought, well, how lovely, but how can I say that until I know it? He said, some people just go on impression. The Lord told me to do this. Impressions. That's where, there's, that's where a lot of things has had to die out. Where we're just going on impressions. Human compassion even. 
human desires, but to be led of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he says, well, he said, well, that's just yourself many times. You've got to see it and know it. He said, then he turned to a minister brother and said, how can I say, brother, Fox, say, he'll say something, you know, how can he say, he'll say something if he's honest? And Brother Branham said so-and-so. And if I didn't say it, he's falsely accusing me of saying something I didn't say. But if I really said it, then I've got to stand behind it. So when the Lord says anything, that does it. So if you look what he's saying. He, he, if you're saying it's thus saith the Lord and God didn't say it, you're lying on God. And that's what we've seen in many things in the past. And that's why God has allowed us to become prisoners of Jesus Christ. To learn we don't say something unless he says it. Amen. That's why that we must ask in his name. Because we are praying in his stead. We're allowing the Holy Ghost to speak through us. You say, Brother Tim, that's a tall order. It's not too tall. Amen. This is exactly what we're called to do in this hour. Going beyond the camp, he would explain it this way. He said, knowing you're my responsibility and on my hands for the gospel. I want to keep you right in the pages of this Bible. Many times people come to me and say, Brother Branham, if you'll just step out of here and say, thus saith the Lord to my child that's sick, it'll be well. Go out of here just say it'll get well. That's all I want you to do. He said, now that's loyal and lovely. And no doubt, the person Believes are having faith. But he says, I can't do it until he tells me first. I can pray for the child. See, that's what we're commissioned to do. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Amen. I can pray for the child to do all I can. But you see, if I went out here under enthusiasm and said that, if I said, thus saith the Lord, it would really just be, thus saith my enthusiasm. Then it, thus it might happen. It might, it might not happen. And what if that same person under my enthusiasm and it didn't happen and then that person might be in a case sometimes between life and death, where would their confidence be? They would be afraid I was under enthusiasm again. So when I say it, I want to be dead earnest that it's right. With all I know, when he speaks to me, I can just say what he showed me. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, I have to say it. If it's not pleasant to tell people the evil things that have befallen them as, uh, as I am uh, duty-bound to tell them the good things that will befall them. And after all, we want the will of the Lord. Sometimes the will of the Lord is contrary to our desires. But still, if we want the will of the Lord, it's just as precious to know that the evil will befall us if it's the will of the Lord, whether it be good or evil, if it's the will of the Lord that we want it done and we want to look at it in that manner. God, whatever, we want your own will. This is where Jesus came to. He had a will and the Father had a will. Brother Branham would say of that, Jesus, he wanted, he, maybe he wanted to have a family, had natural desires to get married. He had, you know, he had all of these human desires like human have. But he would come to Gethsemane and look at even at, at 
Listen, he would even look at the suffering that he would have to do and said, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He would even pray not to have to go through that. But then he would surrender that will because without it, we would, the whole human race would be lost. Unless there was a man willing, and he had to come to the point that he was willing. And this is what it has to take with you. You have to come to that point that you, to your own Gethsemane, where that you are willing, whatever God you want, whatever you desire, that's what I want in my life. I surrender to it. I yield to it. I want it. You see, again, this, this is very important because not only had Paul learned to be a prisoner of Jesus Christ, he learned to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not to speak anything until God told him to speak it. Now, you know, this is, this is really something because you would have Peter and James, uh, Peter and John walk out to the gate called Beautiful, and it, and it just looks spontaneous. Silver and gold have I none, such as I have give I to thee. You know, they're, they're working on a commission. They're moving in, as on a commission that God had committed them. And then you'd have Paul at the same time would be maybe a later date, a later time that Paul would come along and, and there would be a fortune teller begin to follow him and scream after him every day. You know, just actually, these are men of God. They come to tell you the way of life. And there was a fortune teller. And it looked like a devil was given vindication to a servant of God. And Paul was vexed in his spirit. But even though he's vexed, he won't do nothing about it. Until... God gives him the impulse, the permission. And then he turns to her in that time and commands that evil spirit to come out of her. But he went for weeks with this happening. Because why? He had learned to obey God. He had learned to wait on the Holy Spirit, to move directed by the Holy Ghost. Now, that's, a, again, uh, he was a servant of Jesus Christ. And, and he could not speak anything until God told him to speak it. And then it took his faith to put into action what God told him to do. There would be another that would be out there, another young man that would be out there. And, and Paul would look upon him and, and he would discern that he had faith to be healed and would tell him to rise up and walk. What was it? He looked and he found that faith. He found somebody believing from the heart. Now, there again, we must believe what the blood has made us. We must believe we are the blood wash, blood bought, sons and daughters of the living God. Amen. Amen. We have been washed from our sins. Amen. That the sins we used to do, we do them no more. That we're free. And because of that, the chasm is even gone. Amen. That we have a right and an access to the throne of grace. 
But you must approach that throne of grace by faith. Nothing else will assail you into that throne of grace. You must believe from the heart. You see, there's a lot of hypocrisy. Jesus would deal with this. He said, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? It's written, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They're saying one thing with their mouth, but their heart. And it doesn't do any good to speak to a mountain with your mouth. If in your heart you're not believing it, you've got to be convinced. Amen. Now, you see, it's whatever God can lead your soul to believe. That's why it's so important to be led by the Spirit. That's why I'm talking about, Brother Branham even talking about binding the serpent. It's going to require greater sincerity. Amen. What is a greater dedication there, a purging of your own soul? So that you can come into the presence of God. That the hindrances are gone. Amen. And ever present from the water from the rock. He said it this way. When we die our souls will go into the altar of God. Where I was privileged to see a few moments ago. Mornings ago you know in the vision. Where the Bible speaks of. Our spirits will go to God who give it. Our bodies shall return to the dust of the earth. But someday when where the scripture is fulfilled, our spirits will be released from God, will pick up the soul, the soul to the body, and the power that will raise us up is right in us now. We are now in heavenly places. We are right now in the power of the resurrection. Somebody with me? He said if there wasn't a law to that, sons and daughters of God would go out and create a world out there and go live a private life on it. That's how much power lays within you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You have the power in you to do it. If you've got a shadow of the power of God in you, you've got the power to do it. God is omnipotent. See what I mean? That's the power in you. You can speak a world into existence and go and live on it. Hallelujah. There you are. That's the power that's in the church now. But it's controlled by law. Amen. Now, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. There are laws that you have to work by. You could go out here. There's a pond right down the road. You could scream all you wanted to. Walk out here and scream all of you want. Water from that pond, come here, water the lawn. It won't do it. But if you work according to the law of gravitation, you can dig a trench and funnel that, if you get the gravity, get the, the elevation right, you can bring it right into the yard and water the yard by working according to a law. God's word works according to law, and that law is a word of faith. It's a law of faith. Jesus said, all things are possible. What? To them that believe. All things. This is why he can look at this mountain and say, it's possible to move this mountain. Because if God can lead your soul to it, if you're not doubting your heart, you will have whatsoever things you said. Are you with me now? Again, 
Again, this is what it requires. It's, it requires finding that will of God. That's what the, the power is in the church now. But it's controlled by law. And that law is not keeping a bunch of commandments. It's a law of faith. Jesus said all things are possible in them that believe. And if you can believe it, well, listen now. Whatever God will lead your soul to believe, that's yours. Every place the soles of your foot can set upon by faith, God gives it to you. Amen. It's yours. You possess it. If you can find the key to this law of faith that opens it. Amen. If you're a son of God, if you're a daughter of God, that never leaves you. It's with you all the time. But your faith gets away from it. But it's still there. In other words, the power lays within the church. Amen. But the key to assess it, the faith that is needed, gets away from it. This is why he's preaching ever-present water from the rock. It was always there when they were in their dry places. It was there. When they were in their hard times, it was there. Come on, when trouble was all around, it was there. The rock followed them. And that rock was Christ. Amen. It was always within speaking distance. Think about that this morning. Our rock is always within speaking distance. You don't have to strike it. Amen. You don't have to take him back to Calvary and him be wounded again for your transgressions. Amen. But again, let me tell you, all you have to do is speak to the rock. And the rock is nearby. It's right there. But it's just waiting for somebody with faith to speak to that rock. You speak to it and I will come, life-giving water. Now, so again, your faith gets away from it. It's always there. That healing, that healing power that was in, in, in the meetings when you... When you know that blind eyes was open, you hear deaf and dumb talk, and you hear the, or you hear the cripples walking, all the thing, that power still lays in the church. It's never left us. But our faith gets away from it. Amen. He said, when you're saved, God gives your faith, you faith to rise above the muck of the earth. Your faith overcomes the things of the world. This is what the Bible said. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Is that right? So what is your faith? Your faith is that act that God has done in you to make you a son of God. Amen. You know your sins are gone. You, the faith comes. I am born a son of God. I am his responsibility. Therefore, no longer will cigarettes have hold on me. No longer an effeminate spirit or some evil spirit have hold on me. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I can walk right. I can, I can overcome this. I can win this battle because I am a child of the most high God. Amen. You're lying. You're cheating. You're stealing. You quit drinking because your faith rises you above it. Amen. If you don't do it, you don't have any faith. Because by faith are you saved and through grace. As much as your faith will be released, that's how much power you can have. Amen. That's why Brother Branham would say, don't just be satisfied with little things. He said, believe for big things. Big things is just as easy to come as little things. 
He says, you know, he said, as much as your faith will be released, that's how much power you can have because in you dwells the power to make heavens and earth. God dwells in you. You're sons and daughters of God. There you are, but it's your faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. If you say this mountain, be moved and don't doubt, but believe what you said. You see, then what kind of people he said ought we to be having faith in this redeeming Christ that lives in us? This smitten rock that never leaves the church. I'm with you always to the end of the world. That ever present of the great gusher of salvation and power that poured forth from Calvary into the church. The ever presence of this living God, great flowing smitten rock that goes with us in our journey. So, so you see, again, it's, our, it's not that God don't do that. It's that our faith gets away from it. But where do we come back to that faith? It comes back when we come back to sincerity and honesty. Amen. When we come to God with all of our heart, when we, when we seek him with all our soul, that's when faith comes in there to take that word and believe that word. Amen. As Brother Brandon said, and the word became flesh, he said, and they are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Then when the human element goes out and the Spirit of God fills that vacancy, where you empty yourself, then when the, will be the, when the church in its power, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus will walk in his steps, in his power, in his thoughts, in his being, in his moving. You see what I mean? Then your thoughts will become words, and your words will become material. That's when the church is in its power. When, is, when the human element is pushed out. I believe that it's on his road to, that when the church will be so wrapped in Christ, the Holy Spirit, mankind so far away from themselves, till they won't see themselves, they don't have any, but to serve God and their um, thoughts move on. They refuse the things of the world. They just move in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, move in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. So fulfill the life, law of Christ. And then when the love of Christ is in the human heart, moving in the Holy Ghost, that great wonderful church will go forth with power and deity because deity will be revealed in human beings by the Holy Spirit, bringing to pass the thought of their mind. Amen. Now, wasn't that exactly what happened there when the third pool worked for Brother Branham? It was God gave him the thoughts. And he took those thoughts and they became words. And those words became creative. Now, you know, if we can only get to the place where we pray like he told us to do. Ask anything in my name. In other words, be the mouthpiece of God. Where you're acting in his stead with him using your voice. Amen. Notice this. He said in fundamental foundation of, of faith, he says, Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do. Do you know what that means? Do you realize if we go before God in the name of Jesus... It's just the same as Jesus 
himself praying. It isn't me praying anymore. If I come in his name and he recognizes his name and Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I will do. And then I go to the Father in Jesus' name. It isn't me praying anymore. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit praying through me. Now you see what it means to ask anything in his name because you're acting in his stead. You've found that will of God. You've found that vein of anointing. And if you, it's not just a carte blank and, and you just go out here and at any whim just ask anything you want and I'll do it. No, but when you ask in my name. Now, he said the Son of God Spent so much time in prayer, and if Jesus had to spend much time in prayer to stay in fellowship with the Spirit that was in him, how much more do you and I have to spend in prayer? Now, wait a minute. You've got the Holy Ghost. He's living on the inside of you. You're born again. But you got this outside man that's a human got a human spirit and he's got a human will and he's got human desires human things he wants done amen but oh if the human will get in fellowship with the Holy Spirit that's inside of him where he can be directed by the spirit Instead of directed by human desires. You see, this is where it takes spending much time in prayer. It takes that consecration and that dedicated walk. Amen. To what? To be in fellowship with the Spirit. That's on the inside of you. Where you're asking from the heart. Where you're asking from the Holy Spirit on this, when it's Him using your lips, when it's Him using your voice. Come on, your generation that saw that happen. You saw a man stand there and God used his vocal cords. You saw a man stand there and God move in that man's body, use his vocal cord, use his voice box, and speak things that no man could know. Only God could know. It was God using a man. God wants to use you. Amen. He wants to use you in whatever capacity he's called you to, to move in. It may be to say something to your son, say something to your daughter. Amen. Believing that you can go with token life, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and knowing your words are created when you're anointed by the Holy Ghost, and talk to that son or talk to that daughter and see the whole atmosphere change and such a love of Christ that they just fall right into it. It can happen. It is to happen. That's the way that it happens. You see, you remember when you've got a part in this. You see, because he's not going to come down from heaven with his voice. He's going to use you in your voice. It'll be your voice winning the loss. It'll be your voice he will use to heal the sick. Come on. 
Amen. Remember, you've got a part in this. He would say, he'd look out on the, he's the Lord of the harvest. He'd look out on the harvest and he said, it's white. It's ready for harvest. Amen. And he said, the labors are few. But then he said, pray you to the Lord of the harvest that he'll send labors into the harvest. In other words, pray to me. You ask me to do what I want done on the earth. Amen. You begin to call on me to send labors. Look, I want the work done. Amen. There's labors of you. I can tell you, labors of you, but it's going to take you to call on me. Because there's something you've got in this too. You see, he made you kings and priests. And in doing so, you have a dominion and a domain, but you also are under him. And you must know what he wants done with the word. So he would say, you've got a part in this. You see, we get the point, we want God to do everything. We just want it to happen spontaneous. And there's no surrender. And there's no dedication. And there's no consecration. And we're just walking life like, you know, like usual. And the angels are trying to anoint you. But the prince of Persia is, a, is opposing him. And you can see in the books that the coming of the Lord is near. Amen, that the death angel is about to ride in the land that is changing from the black to the pale and that the bride's got to get out of here. And you can read in the books where the last messenger has come and we're now in, the, we're now in overtime. Somebody help me preach. That we're right here in the last days, in the last of the last of the last days. Is somebody with me? And we're right here on the very cusp, on the very brink of full redemption. But it's going to take somebody that is agonizing with God to fulfill his word. That keeps pressing through. Amen. Because as you press through, so does the angel press. You see, as you press, he presses. As you back off, he backs off. So if you want the angel to get through to you for your unanswered prayer, come on, you got to keep pressing. Amen. Listen, the Bible said that, that this requires force. Amen. And that we must press our way into it. It's an age. You say, Brother Tim, a lot of pressure, a lot of press. But you've got to press. Amen. I just want to ask you, is the world filling your press? It's the satanic forces feeling your press. You're pushing back. You shoving back. No, you're not going to take my son. No, you're not taking my daughter. No, you're not going to cause this sickness to take this life. No, you're not going to do this. I'm a son of God and we're pressing. We're pressing. We're going to find that will. We're going to find that purpose. 
We're going to hear from the angel. We're going to be anointed to overthrow you. The angel will come with the answer. Part of it lays in human beings. The kingdom of God lays in the human being. I'm the vine, Jesus said, you're the branches. The vine doesn't bear the fruit, the branches bear the fruit. It's time you become fruit bearing. God looked looked at a fig tree, Jesus did, and it had no fruit, and man, he cursed it. He looks at the, there is the vine, he said, anything that don't bear fruit is cut off and thrown into the fire. Amen. God doesn't like it when the church doesn't bear fruit. Amen. God wants your hands. God wants your eyes. He wants your tongue. He wants your lips. He wants your ears. He wants your hands. He wants your feet. In other words, you're going to be the body that he works through. Amen. He would say sacrifices and offerings. I would as not, but a body has not prepared me. This is what he would say of Jesus, that Jesus would be the body prepared. I don't want just sacrifices and offerings. And even when it comes down, God don't want just empty worship. He wants a body prepared. He said there, he said, oh, that you could could, uh, submit your body not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind where you actually look at things the way God looks at them. Your mind renewed. I don't know about you, but I want to be the hands and feet of his spirit upon the earth. Amen. Now he said, Jesus spent much time in prayer. One day he told his disciples, cross over to the other side. He sent them away while he went to the mountain to pray. While he was up there alone, there was a storm came. Brother Branham looked at that situation. He said, you know, I believe... If I'd have been that disciple, said, I know he told us to go over, but I just believe I'll wait until he comes and goes along with us. I ain't going without him. Amen. Amen. This is where we get in trouble. This is where the church has gotten trouble. Too many have gone off without him. Too many have claimed the message and never got him. Amen. That's why we see all the falling away and the things that are happening and the the travesties in the church is because they went off without him. Amen. But listen, you, you know, again, if you start going off without him and we remember we can take him with us everywhere we go. This is where he comes to abide. He lives in us. We don't go anywhere he don't go. Amen. If he goes, we're going. Amen. Like, like Ruth said to, uh, said to Naomi, wherever you're lodged, that's where I'll lodge. Wherever you dwell, that's where I dwell. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. She was determined. She made up her mind. That's the way it's got to be with believers. I am determined. I'll, if you go this way, I'm going with you. It's like Elisha on the trail of Elijah when he wanted that double portion. You see me when I go away, you'll get it. Hey. Amen. If he went to Gilgal, oh, why don't you go over here? No, I'm going with you. You, gonna, uh, you go over here to the school of the prophets. Uh, 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 no, I'm going with you. Wherever you go, I go. I will not leave you. I'm going to see you when you ascend because I want that double portion. That's what it's got to be with believers. They've got to have that dogged 
and it's about him. I'm not leaving the word. I'm not leaving the anointing. I'm following that everywhere he goes, that's where I'm going. Whatever he says, that's what I say. Amen. Because why? Because as soon as the devil sees you out of fellowship with Christ, he'll set right on for you. Amen. When he sees you away from prayer, away from consecration, Satan will catch you right there if he possibly can. See, what is it? God wants to get a people, his prisoner. That's what he's been doing all of these years. This has not been for nothing. Amen. We've had this time for a purpose. Where that we can become a prisoner where you can't look at what somebody else's think. You know, you've got to just do what he says do. You're a prisoner. Is that right? Paul pressed in the spirit, you know, to, to go in a place when he didn't uh, or, or was forbidden by the spirit. You know, one time he wanted to go a certain place and, and he was forbidden by the spirit to go there. He turns and goes into Macedonia and follows a Macedonian call. What was it? It was a leadership of the Holy Ghost, not just going random where he wanted to, but led by the spirit. Oh, and he said, oh, if the church could be so, so in the glorious presence of God that someday God will turn loose his power into it. Things will take place, but you can't mix your diet. You become hybrid. Stay exactly with what God said. Stay with the word. Amen. Amen. You, you hear Brother Brandon saying, and who do you say this is? You show me a church. Who's ever moving action is dust, saith the Lord. And walking in that kind of glory, I'll show you a Messiah standing on the earth. An anointed one of God. Amen. Now, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. If thou believest from the heart. Notice, there was a man came to the disciples he had a need. But somewhere there was some unbelief. Maybe he'd heard all of the, about the fanaticism of Jesus and his disciples. Oh, the miracles aren't really true. They're not really right. And he brings them to his disciples. And, you know, his disciples do every kind of things. And they stomp and scream and yell and anoint. And, and my, made a pretty big fool of themselves. The devil wouldn't leave the boy. You remember? And he comes to Jesus, and I want you to notice, he comes with that same doubt. Because he says, I brought my, my child to your disciples, and they couldn't cure him. And Jesus laid it right on to him. He said, it's a lack of faith. Amen. And he said to Jesus, if thou can't do anything, heal my son. And Jesus turns it around right back on him. It's not if I can do it. He said all things are possible if I can find faith, if I, somebody believes. If you believe it from your heart, and the man, knowing he had unbelief, he didn't, he didn't fight it. He didn't deny it. He said, but yet he began to make a different profession. He said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief.
disbelief. In other words, forgive me for disbelieving. And that's what we got to do when we look at a promise of God. We got to look at it and say, Lord, we, we got all of these obstacles. And yeah, we're dealing with unbelief and more unbelief than ever in this age. Lord, I, I'm encumbered with unbelief. And it floods in and doubt holds me back and, and keeps me. Lord, but I believe. Forgive me of my unbelief. And at that moment, the man was healed. His mountain was moved. Amen. You see, it's when the heart believes. Romans 6, 17. But God bethinks that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed, how? From the heart. There be people sometimes obey for the sake of obedience. Or for the sake of fitting in. This is what God requires. This is what I got to do. But when you obey from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Amen. What when you believe from the heart? Amen. Not when you just believe. That's mental. Oh, yeah, I believe that God can do that. But no, you know, God will do it for me. You believe from the heart that from a doctrine which was delivered to you, being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart. Watch now where it's at. Don't say in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend to the deep? That is to bring him again from the dead. But what saith? What saith the heart? What is it? What does the, what does the heart of righteousness say? It says the word is nigh thee. The word's right here. It's even in thy mouth and in the heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe, where? In thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For the scripture said, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You see... You know where we are? We're in a day where God's calling for greater faith. This is an hour of rapture and faith. Faith for a rapture. God's demanding a greater faith. And when we see things moving like they are doing, it should annoying our faith. Amen. When we see things that are Moving right into the vision, right into the prophecy of God's word. It should anoint our faith even more to believe from the heart. Amen. Amen. You know, you remember, uh, you remember Brother Branham's uh, vision of seeing the silver tip grizzly bear and Brother Eddie Bisco. Uh, well, you know, he didn't know who it was in the vision, but a young man in a green checkered shirt. And, and he would see this bear right after. He had uh, killed a caribou with 42-inch uh, horns. 
By the way, Brother Aaron was just recently, might be able to share some of that uh, maybe Wednesday night, but he was, he was recently there in the den, and they just rescored that caribou again. And, and it was rescored on both sides, both sides symmetrically the same, 42 inches. After all of these years, the miracle continues. Are you with me? Amen. And so he, he, would, he would, after killing this, this caribou, which, you know, was not common to the country, and, and also the silver tip had never been seen one in that area before by the guide. And most of the caribou were panel horns, and this was like spike horns you know, that, that were coming up, and, and he saw him kill it, and, and then it would be measured, it would be 42 inches when they got back to the camp with it. Before they got back to the camp, there would be, he would see a young man with a, with a green checkered shirt, and he would see there um, uh, then a silver tip grizzly, and he would get so close to it and shoot it. You know, you remember the story of it. And, and as he's going up there, and, and he sees there, and he shoots the animal, and he looks back, and he sees down back uh, behind him, way back around on the, on the backside, big wide open area, and he can see way down there, a young man with a checkered shirt. Now this boy, with Brother Eddie Biscoe, they'd already asked, does anybody have that shirt? They knew it was required. You know, some things has to be put in the right place. And you can't put it there. God has to put it there. And you have to wait till things get exactly right in the right place. I'm telling you, we're now at a time where it's closer than ever. Are you with me? Things are coming right into place. And so he looks over and he sees, you know, the, the green shirt that Eddie had denied having. You remember the story. It was a shirt that had a rip in it and, he, and an older shirt, and he didn't want to take it with him. He said, get me some new shirts. And his wife got him new shirts and repaired that one and just stuck it down in for an extra. And he'd fall into the water, and he got that shirt, and he put it on, you know, a dry shirt. And he's not even thinking. And I'm telling you, friends, we're right here in the vision right now. And we're walking it. Maybe you don't even realize that you've done been seen in that vision. But here you are, and you're walking right in it. Things are happening right around you, and you're oblivious to it. But God's not going to leave you out. You're part of the vision. Are you with me? Amen. He's not leaving. Listen, he's not going to lose a one of his. That's why the last call goes out in the highways and the byways. Amen. And finds those that are halted and blind and lame and every kind of horrible condition. Are you with me? And he saves them and brings them in because he said, they're going to sit at my table. My table will be full. I will have a bride. She will be without spot or wrinkle. He looks out there, you know, and Bud looks at him and said, well, now, 
there's a green checkered shirt, but we can see for miles, and I don't see no grizzly bear nowhere. So there ain't never been one in this part of the country. And I can look, and I can see for miles. Look, you can see. And they're packing these horns. And, and you know, you don't realize to them, but Bud is talking trash. You know, and he's speaking his doubts. And, well, I can't see nothing. Look here, we can see for miles. We don't see nothing. It's not there. And Brother Branham is undeterred. He said, but he said, he said, well, where, where is that bear? He said, that's not for me to question. God said so, and he's Jehovah Jireh. He can bring a bear. He can put one there, and he did. They had looked all over that field and hadn't seen one. And all of a sudden, he said, what is that there? He said, my goodness, that's somebody's milk cow. Said that's as big as a milk cow standing there. It was that grizzly bear, you know, right there. God had, he had brought it into existence. Are you with me? Amen. Why? Because again, it was not for him to question. And it's not for us to question either. God said, I'll have a bride. She'll be without spot or wrinkle. I don't know how he'll do it, but he'll, if he has a hair lip ever devil in hell, he will do what he needs to do to get that bride into position. Amen. Because his word never fails. Amen. If he said somebody's going to believe from the heart, then let me be one that believes it from the heart. If there's somebody going to have faith in this hour, let me be one that has faith in this hour. If somebody's going to use a vocal cord, let him use my vocal cords. Here I am, Lord. Hallelujah. He should anoint us when we see the day and the time that we're living in. When we see the signs that Jesus said would take place. Amen. The spoke up in the scriptures. We see all, all the way to signs in the heavens. Amen. To political powers and nature people. The, the, immor- the immorality of the world. The perversion that has taken place. Amen. When we see all of that, it ought to know in our faith. Yes, sir, we're living in the days of Sodom. But I'm not going to be accounted as a sodomite. Amen. I'm a child of the most high God. And a message has come to me that has declared to me the mysteries of the end time. Amen. And I'm going to receive like Abraham and Sarah a body change. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be left here. Yeah, the world will burn. Now she sits right in place. Everything's right in position. We're in a more dangerous world than there's ever been. Amen. But you know what it should do? Not discourage you. That shouldn't discourage you. So America's in a mess. Our future's and my future's not in a mess. My future is set. Hallelujah. I've got a future. I've got a future home for the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. Amen. I'm not a futureless person. I've got a future. I've got a home. I've got a promise. I'm not going to be left behind. Amen. I'm going to escape the things that are coming on the earth. 
Oh, Brother Tim, you should store up this food and buy this package and get this. And there's hard time. Right now's the time to invest in the gold. And you know, do, do, do. Listen, listen, all of that is sinking sand. But on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Amen. Let all hell give way. The name of Jesus is a high power, and the righteous run into it, and they are saved. Hallelujah. I can't run into the, to the, to the towers of man and their ideals and political system and educational system, but I can run into the tower of the name of Jesus Christ, and I know, I know that I know that I know that I can never be lost from there. It anoints her faith, moves us out in the great cycles, no matter how much. You know, when we see the signs, and we know it can only get greater. Hallelujah, it can only get greater. Amen, it would only get greater with Jesus until the dead in Christ rose up. Of all the ages, and paradise was emptied, and they ascended up with him. Brother, it can only get greater. Amen. It's not going to get worse. For you, it's getting greater. Hallelujah. There's a people with a greater contact, with a greater faith, with a greater promise. Amen. With a great God who fulfills his word, who shows up on time every time. Amen. Who said, I'll never leave or forsake my people. I'll be with you. Amen. I'll be with you when there's trouble comes. I'll be the one there with you. I'll give you the faith. Amen. I'll give you the words. I'll give you the words of spirit to speak. Amen. When we look around, we see Hodgkin's lymphoma clouding the lungs. And then we see the miraculous power of God. Hallelujah. One day it's there and the next day it isn't there. Amen. And the word of the Lord saying, your enemy is defeated. Your enemy is defeated. Your enemy is defeated. What is it? Amen. Those kind of signs among us ought to tell us that there's a people beginning to believe from the heart and mountains are starting to move. That if we see one mountain move, we can see another mountain move. Hallelujah, when we see brain bleeds healed and cripples walk and kidneys healed and eye diseases vanish. Hallelujah, E.J. Parker up there on the top of the mezzanine called me this week rejoicing. Two years, he's had a diagnosis of macular degeneration and was getting worse and worse. Amen, even until he was suffering and worried about blindness. Amen, the other day with a revelation in his heart, remember, believing from the heart. Amen, that healing was his. He came up for prayer this past week. He called me shouting. Amen, he went to the specialist who said there's not a sign of it left at all. (laughs) Hallelujah, because somebody believed from the heart that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. When I was in Germany and seeing a little lady bring a hearing aid around in her, in her hands and said, I don't need these anymore because hearing has been restored. I was there in Switzerland and seen a little lady we prayed for and there her hearing came back. 
Amen. Let me tell you, he still heals the deaf. Amen. He still opens the eyes of the blind. Hallelujah. When we see the repeat of 1960s election, where a Roman Catholic is elected by crooked voting, and we see it happen all over again. Amen. This ain't deja vu. This is prophecy coming to pass. We're walking right into it, and a woman vice president right on his heels. Amen. Why? Because we're in the vision. Hallelujah. When we see driverless cars being promoted in America now, what is it? We are seeing the vision. We are in the vision, and we don't even realize we're in the vision. It's time we wake up and believe from the heart. I'm in this vision. I'm a part of this promise. I'm a part of this word, and I'm going to see it fulfilled in my life. Amen. Amen. He said, 1933, this nation's a woman's nation. It's a number 13. It appears in the 13th chapter of Revelation. 13 stars, 13 stripes. Everything's a 13. Everything's a woman. And remember, thus saith the Lord, there will be a woman rule before the end time. She'll either be president, vice president, or it'll be the Roman Catholic Church as a woman. I've seen her, a great woman, a nation bowed to her. It'll be one before the end time, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Write it down and find it out, you young people. See if it happens. If it isn't, I'm a false prophet. And right now, we got a Catholic. He's in the presidency, so they, if they continue with the election, and it goes on the way they say it so will, a vice, one that he keeps saying, if I don't live out this term, she's the president. I'll be asking her about policy. How could this happen in America? Immigrant parents come here. Immigrant parents come in here, become citizens, have a daughter, and all of a sudden, she's the president of the United States. Without, without without knowing our legacy, without having our heritage, without knowing our freedoms, except the modern day freedom of women liberation and sexual orientation and all these other things. Come on. Where the democracy has went with all sails and no anchor. Amen. We're, we're right now, one of the major headlines in December, big business gets its wings. Big business gets its wings. It's going to fly. As leaders from major U.S. companies partner with Pope Francis. Apple, Microsoft, Salesforce, Johnson & Johnson, and many others pledging, taking pledges toward sustainable development goals focused on areas such as climate action, peace and justice, and quality education and gender and racial equality. What? Where have we ever seen a time as 2020? Where our own government and governments around the world shutting down our churches. Well I, have, well, I have brothers this week pleading with me to pray for them. Pray for us, Brother Tim. We're in a shutdown. We can't meet anymore. 
They've shut us down. Where have you ever seen a time of the boycotting of businesses, using a cancel culture to shut down anyone who doesn't fit in their mold or agenda? Amen. We're here. We're here in the vision. Amen. We're here where free speech, who would ever thought it? Free speech would be shut down by the media itself. Where Twitter and Facebook and all of these other uh, things have censored even the president of the United States so his voice cannot be heard. Amen. This is an hour that we're living in. We are walking in the vision. We were told that these times were coming. We are prophesied to be here. Don't be weary. But when we look away and we see that alopecia, amen, has been restored back again, cursed in the name of Jesus Christ, and the glory returned to a young girl. I'm telling you, there is a glory returning to the church of Jesus Christ where she'll walk in her glory and walk in his power. Hallelujah. When we see a man that was laying there brain dead and they were going to harvest his organs, amen, said that he would never, ever be functional again that he was brain dead and wouldn't live. Amen. And walk in there and somebody believing from the heart. Walk in there and pray the prayer of faith and God raise him up. In just a few days, he walks out of there a a healthy, healed man in the glory and power of God. It ought to get some faith in our heart. Amen. That there are people believing from the heart. And the cancer hasn't held him down. It's been a year. It's been a year. And cancer hasn't held him down. He's still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. The cancer in the lung is gone. The cancer in the eye is gone. And soon the cancer in the brain will be gone. Because why? Somebody is believing from the heart. Hallelujah. We're walking in the vision. Amen. It ought to know that faith. All things are possible. Amen. This is the last call. Amen. Go out to the highways. Go out to the byways. Go find those. Those prodigals that are out there lost and wandering in sin. He's bringing them back in. Amen. Bring the musicians. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It ought to not your faith. The pillar of fire is not left. The power is not gone. He's in speaking distance this morning. All you got to do is speak to your rock. Amen. And out of will come life-giving water. Believe from the heart. Are you ready to believe? With all of your heart, all things are possible. Only believe. Just only believe. What? Believe only. That's all requirement. Whatever God can lead your soul to believe, that's yours. You can be led by the Spirit. You can be directed by the Holy Ghost. You can be that sincere, dedicated, 
surrendered. All things are possible. If God did one thing, he'll do another. He wouldn't give one child a cookie and refuse the other. He gives healing to all. Does he heal all? All that he can get to believe. Faith was so high in one of his meetings there, the Bible said, and he healed them all. That's his desire. His desire sets you free from the yokes of sin and unbelief, from the things that bind you, to move that mountain in your life, to bring a deliverance there. That's what God wants to do. But it don't happen when you quit playing games. When you get sincere with God, when you believe from the heart, then all things are possible. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Just only believe. Only believe. You know, Brother Branham said that was a song the angel loved to hear. God loves to hear people believing. All things are possible. Only we we all go down and pray right quick with this need. Only just let him do the work in your life right now. Let him bring that deliverance. Amen. While they're praying for this, and I'm gonna pray for you right now. Amen. You just shut yourself in with God right now. You know the mountain that's before you. You know the trouble that you see. Say, God, take the butts out of my life. You can do this, and I've done this, but take all them butts out. Put a real faith in my heart to believe. Right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your heads with me just a moment. Dear Jesus, it's your children gathered together in your name, Lord. We're here on the last day, last Sunday of the, of the year. Perhaps I will have preached my last sermon for this year. And I'm standing here, Lord, with your people. And they've been hearing these words that said, they've been hearing these words over and over again. If you say to this mountain, don't doubt in your heart. Lord, we're like that little man that day with that son. We confess. There's times we falter, we're human. We probe out, we try. We do our best to lift ourselves up to that spot to believe. We want to believe. We know it's only when we believe from the heart. 
we want to believe from the heart today. We want to believe from all that's within us. Today, Lord, we just say, forgive us of our unbelief. Lord, there's been a lot of doubting and fearing. We had a lot of fear throughout this whole 2020. We were afraid of this and afraid of that. Afraid of the COVID. Afraid of what people would think. Afraid of what the laws. There's been a lot of fears we've dealt with. Lord, that fear comes from unbelief. Help us to believe now. I pray in the name of Jesus. As if we're calling on the name of the Lord. You said if we call on the name of the Lord, we would be saved. Now forgive us of our unbelief. Let the angel come, Lord. We've been looking for him to come. Let him come, Lord. Let him come that today be a day of faith. Where we believe your word of promise. And we accept it for ourselves. Right now in Jesus' name. Heal your people, Lord. Set them free to serve the living God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for that deliverance. Now I curse every sickness, every disease, every affliction in the name of Jesus. Command it to go by the authority of the Word of God in Jesus' name. Jesus is here.
Feel the brush of angels' wings. 